Hey all Beer Inside listeners, in honor of Women's History Month, we're going to continue releasing the audio portion only of some of our YouTube interviews, as we understand that not everybody has the opportunity to watch our YouTube interviews. Uh, this came out October 30th, 2020 on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allbeerinside. It is our interview with Aaron Gamelin of Lewis Cipher Brewworks. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside, back to the brewery edition of the episodes at this time. Uh, joining me today is Aaron from Lewis Cipher Brewery. Thank you for hosting us today. Truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm like I say, we're we're very thankful that you're more than willing to have us interview you for the show. So appreciate that. Appreciate uh, so, what's the beer story? Well, our beer story is uh, I've been doing this for 27 years. I've been into craft beer. Uh, I had been the first server hired at the first beer market on the Esplanade a billion years ago. <laughs> And that's what started my love for craft beer. Um, we had Stephen Beaumont, who's like a beer god to me, an international reviewer. And he did all of our beer training, which was quite extensive. A lot of the beers at the beer market were international craft beer, but it was everything was, for the most part, craft beer with some um, Ontario craft beer in that. So my love for craft beer started there. So as the craft beer industry in Ontario started growing a little bit more, it was everything I could do to get my hands on different styles of beer. Fast forward after years of, uh, you know, working in restaurants, uh, I decided I wanted to open up my own place. And my uh, husband and I, he, uh, we decided on a location. And then when we were talking about the beer lineup, I wanted to do something different than everybody else. Everybody else was still Labatt's, Molson, mm -hmm. the same usual stuff, of which I didn't drink any of that anyway. My passion was for craft beer. And at that time, this is 10 years ago when we opened up Stout Irish Pub, there were very few craft breweries in Ontario. So I called the president of Ontario Craft Brewing Association and I said, send me everybody you've got. Send me every member we need. We're going to do exclusively craft beer. We're going to have the largest bottling can selection that we can and uh, 24 taps. So he started sending me, everybody caught wind, came down to Toronto from Stratford, from all over the place. And at this time, a lot of these breweries, the owners of the breweries were also the delivery guy and the brewer. They <laughs> were their the own marketing, man, yeah. you know, their marketing <laughs> basics. It was just silver cans with a label on it. Like they just, it wasn't there yet, but I had this gut instinct that it was going to just boom because we had been 15 years from the international craft beer boom. We were ready for the next one. And Ontario was really a laggard province when it came to craft beer in Canada. Mm -hmm. And there was lots of room in the market. So we did exclusively Ontario craft beer in our fridges. I mean, I'd be picking up literally cases of beer from the Shoppers Drug Mart post office because they didn't have any logistics. There were no, mm -hmm. there were no delivery channels back then yeah. for a lot of these companies. We were the only ones carrying a lot of these beers. So that was 10 years ago. And then um, a couple of years into opening that, we had a lot of success with the beer program, really taking craft beer to the everyday person. Because we all, we all love the beer uh, bar volos and say what, mm -hmm. and, and uh, there's, there was maybe five places that you could get exclusive Ontario craft beer. But it was just the super beer geeks that were going to that. Yeah. The average customer was not going to those places. So we wanted to introduce it to everybody and really educate people about craft beer and why it's a superior product to um, macro breweries. 
So a couple of years into it, we had a lot of success with the craft beer program. And um, uh, we decided, uh, actually it was my husband, he had said, we should open up a brew pub. I said, well, if we want to open up a brew pub, then you are going to have to leave your job so you can run the brewery. I'm an operations person. <laughs> so that's what he did. He, he left his job after 22 years and uh, came in and, and opened up the brewery side of things. And we haven't looked back since. We've got a fantastic brewer with us, but that's really the nutshell of how we came to be Lewis Cipher. And we were the only one in the East End other mm -hmm. than Mill Street um, uh, which is a fantastic brew pub uh, down in the distillery. We're the only ones in the East End, and now there's like 15 yeah. of us companies. So you're technically in Greektown, right? We are okay. technically in Greektown. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what field did your husband used to be in? Because I find there's a, really a correlation between what people did and coming to this. So. No correlation. He was yeah. a letter carrier for Canada Post. Whoa, that's first. Yes, so he, uh, it, it's funny because he got into craft beer. He was a cream ore drinker. Okay. Awesome yeah. beer. Again, one of the very few beers, craft beers that you could find on tap anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was always myself who was the one who went in the liquor store and then we would sit down and we would talk beer. And then years ago, he made a beer with um, our, our friend and they finished it. We had a dinner party. He's like, okay, let's try it. And they tried it and they're like, hmm, it's not bad. And then they're like, Aaron, try this. I'm like, I don't know. So I tried it. I'm like, you guys, this beer's infected. It's, <laughs> they're like, no, it's a Sours. I'm like, this isn't a Sours. This isn't infected. Yeah. This is going back 10 years ago. But uh, he started falling in love with, with all the different beers as well many, many years ago and uh, really started getting involved in the craft beer scene along with me, doing events, going to events. You know, we got hooked up to every event possible. And we're exposed to so much great stuff and made lifetime friends with other brewery owners. And, and uh, so he, his passion and his belief in myself, the project, himself, and what, where we could go with this is really what gave him the confidence to leave mm -hmm. his pension yeah, behind. a government job on top of that. Yeah, that's big. It was so. a big, bold move on his part, but I needed his help not only in, as my partner in life, but also my partner in the mm -hmm. business. And uh, and so we're uh, we're very lucky that we get to. We still work opposite shifts. Yeah. He's in the brewery at seven <laughs> in the morning. I come in at noon, so our paths. He's got a lot of work to do himself, and then I've got my work that I have to do. Plus, you have quite. Quite the brew house from what I've seen. We just Very. actually purchased this okay. uh, uh, in the spring, right before COVID. Mm -hmm. $160,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It helped us get through COVID because with our old brewery system, we would have never been able to keep up with the capacity. It was such a manual old system that this has worked out very well for us. Awesome. So you brought me some delicious looking beers to I try. I did. What am I trying here first in this uh, fabulous... That is um, the Coconut Lemongrass Thai PA. Mm -hmm. So the story behind that beer, it's the only beer I've ever made. Um, it's a recipe that I uh, came up with for International Women's Day before we even had a brewery. Mm -hmm. It was just at Stout and uh, a friend of mine who works for another brewery, he's like, you should come down and brew a beer for International Women's Day because there was one girl in their entire company. So he's like, the two of you brew it. I said, well, I don't know much about brewing the beer he's like come up with a recipe so I came up with it and he's like you want to do what yeah and I'm like let's try it well nose, the nose is beautiful yes what's the alcohol percentage on this recipe? six and a half 
Oh yeah, mmm, coconut. But not overbearing. It's, no, it's well balanced. Wow. Six point five too, eh? You stinks up on you. No, that you don't get that at all. Coconut's just dancing on my tongue. Yes, and I use uh, Citroen Cascade hops in there, so it's grapefruit forward. Um, we really don't do a lot of big, bold, um, hoppy, bitter beers mm-hmm. because that's that's for the hardcores, and we found that everybody was doing that. Whereas our client base, they're not beer geeks; they don't understand that world, and they're afraid of IPAs because that's all they've ever tried. Yeah. So when they try this, it's like, whoa, this was unexpected. Yeah, the the flavor is just. The coconut is just beautifully dancing on my valley. Thank you. It was our first medal winner um, at the Ontario Craft mm. Brewing Association, as well as it's the first beer we launched in the LCBO. So I started on a high, ended on a high. I don't yeah. know if I'll make another beer because I'm so happy <laughs> with that. That's my little pride and joy. Right. And uh, hey, If you're batting a thousand, why... Why go back up to the plates? So. And we've got an amazing brewer anyway, so I don't need to. I don't need to to prove anything to anyone. He does a great job. It's a very tasty beer. Uh, like I like the coconut. This is a great summer summertime beer for me. So very very tasty. Surprisingly, when you told me six point five, I'm like, huh? So wow. yeah, very tasty beer. Uh, so for the Lewis Cipher brand, what were some roadblocks and difficulties you ran into creating this brew pub? This beautiful brew pub. Well, finding a location. It was, uh, it took us a year and a half to find the right location because you've got to look at so much in engineering, in growth of the brewery. Um, So when we found this place, first of all, Stout is five minutes that way Mm -hmm. and our house is five minutes that way. And we're in the, we knew this neighborhood well, the East End didn't have anything going on. So um, finding the location was the hardest thing, but when we found it, it was like, oh, this is the ideal. It's a huge place. I mean, it's 4,000 square feet mm-hmm. and a lot to fill with the rent being what it is in the yeah. Dan Forth. It's like, well, this better be successful. Yeah. So the lo- finding the location was the hardest thing. Construction, I mean, there's definitely always hiccups and delays. And you, That's everywhere. You know, you spend hundreds of thousands more than you expect and you take months longer than you expect. And uh, But the vision was very clear. We had a lot of support and help with designers. Um, but... Uh, that was that was you know part of the growing pains mm-hmm. when you yeah. open up a place. There weren't really any huge roadblocks except at the very beginning with uh, getting the manufacturing license. So we had all of our brewing friends yeah. making from all the other companies making beer for us on tap because we didn't have a brewery yeah. running for like five months. So it's like welcome to our brew pub. Here, yeah. try this other people's beer. Have this beer that we had to contract. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but that's what you have to. That's what we had to mm-hmm. do. But I mean, it seems everything's been. I mean, outside of COVID, obviously things have. Things were picking up because when I came, I came on a random Saturday, Easter time, so no real sports on TV, and you guys were pretty full. So yeah, the, you know, and, we're, and there's a lot of, of foot traffic from what I've seen too. This so. neighborhood is great destination neighborhood. We've got um, Chester Subway Station right there. The new bike lanes that we've added, there's a lot more physical traffic coming out. The extension with the Cafe TO program mm-hmm. has been a lifesaver for us. Um, yeah, so we've been very lucky because of this location to do what we did. And plus, everybody turned into an alcoholic when the shutdown <laughs> happened. So we were very busy <laughs> with deliveries and takeout beer at the door, and that kept us alive. And, you know, I think. I'm, I'm very jealous of. Ontario being allowed to deliver beer because where we live, it's not. So we, where you have the LCBOs, we actually have 
a store where I could buy whatever beers I want, which right. is one advantage to living in Quebec. Uh, but the disadvantage is I can have my local brewery deliver beer to me. So. Yeah, we got the, the it, it was overdue. The AGCO is dated in a lot of areas. So having this happen and they kind of went, all right, everything, go yeah. for it all. It was like, and it won't go back. I know it won't go back to the Shouldn't. old way. And it's been so helpful for us small businesses because we're the heart of, of Ontario's small business. 100%. Uh, I completely agree with that. It's um, it's fantastic that you get to deliver beer in Ontario. And it's all Ontario. I guess it's a flat fee for certain places. For us in particular, we're delivering ourselves. Okay. So it could be anywhere from my husband to our brewer to myself. I'm dropping off beer right after this interview. I've got to go drop off an order. <laughs> but when phase three started, um, the beer deliveries dropped off significantly mm -hmm. because everybody was going back to work. And so all the day drinking kind of slowed down a little bit. So we're not doing as much in deliveries and we were really just doing the GTA and it was free delivery over $75, which it still is. Mm -hmm. And we still do delivering, but it's just not as um, rampant as it yeah. was during the shutdown. But you do you feel you're prepared? You already kind of had an e-commerce ready to go and then no, uh, in fact, in fact, um, it was my husband who told me it was five days after we shut down. And then he was like, I was talking with the guys at left field and he's like, they're doing gangbusters and delivering because they were always doing that. Yeah. We weren't. Yeah. There wasn't a demand for us because we're a brew pub. So people yeah. would come here and drink or pick up beer. And uh, he said they are busy and going crazy. And I'm like, what? So immediately I got on our website, started building an e-commerce thing started advertising and boom within 24 hours we that's, were in business that's great it was a great pivot yeah. and it does it definitely helps that you can send i like to say send happiness to people when they're sitting at home we were bringing joy <laughs> three 473 meals at a time every day <laughs> yeah uh plus you know during COVID times uh drinking is just like the airport 6 a.m half a beer yep. so <laughs> fantastic uh lewis cypher where where's that idea come from so you know who lewis cypher is yeah. okay so it's a bit of a slow burn, not everybody understands right at the beginning. I have a uh, very good friend of mine, Grant Millard and of ours, and he is a brand manager. And so I was very lucky to probably get $150,000 worth of branding everything um, for not very much money, because <laughs> he's such an amazing guy. And he did a whole bunch of different name renditions to you know suit the neighborhood, suit who we were, and one of them was Lewis Cipher, and I'm like, that's the one, that's the name. And I told my parents, we're gonna go with more of a devil thing, sinful libations. It, but you're not like going over the top like Church of Satan or anything, it's the gentleman devil. Exactly, so. the gentleman, there's a little bit of Lewis Cipher in mm -hmm. all of us. And my parents were, who's my father, French Catholic, and my mother, Irish, and they were like, <laughs> absolutely not. We don't think that this is a good idea. And she said, you're going to have people picketing outside. I'm like, wouldn't that be great? Um, and especially because the neighborhood's very Greek Orthodox. Yes. So it's a bit of a tip of the hat to the neighborhood. And it's got so much breadth for branding of beers, like our American Gothic Brown, um, even like our coconut lemongrass, the, the branding on it, it's the rye tie of like the, the, the gods mm -hmm. in, in Thailand. Um, so a lot of our branding really ties into that. Our tagline for the beer is heart and soul in every pint. Yeah. So heart and soul is part of our uh, imagery in a lot of things. Um, uh, so it has a lot of legs to it, and it's really easy to work with and fun to come up with beer names. 
Oh, it's, it just rolls off the tongue too. Yeah. So it's it's very simple. It's not something super complicated where you're struggling to. And breweries pronounce what now? I mean, we have one yeah. back home. They, they especially in Quebec, because it, it is French predominantly, uh, and it's a Latin phrase. And you're just like, huh? How do I pronounce that? Yes. At first, uh, you know, being English and speaking French, I never learned Latin in my life, so this is all new to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah, you don't want to make it difficult. You want branding to be approachable and simple and clear and concise. Mm-hmm. Comes along with the tastiness of the beer I've had. Uh, so speaking of, what's number two I'm going to be trying here? So number two is you're going to try the Gates of Ale. So this was our first IPA. It's an entry-level uh, IPA, 5.4% alcohol. It's Amarillo and Cascade hops in that one. Again, very grapefruit forward. And then it's dry hop with Citra. Oh, yeah. So this is our classic, session IPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah classic. It, it tastes very sessionable. It's... Um, I, I like to use the word crushable. It's, it's crushable. We use yeah. that word too. Crushable. Mm. 5.4. Usually, usually session I find is under four, but this is surprisingly tastes along those yep. levels too. So I'm going to be drinking too fast and not going to be able to drive anytime soon. That's okay. You can so. stay here. You can sleep up here. <laughs> we have lots of room. Uh, fan, another fantastic beer. Um, you know, the bitterness is barely there for me. Yep. Uh, I could see some people who are a little more hop sensitive might, might not like this as much, but this is my drinking style at this time. Is the right. session IPA where outside of the Marsons, obviously, because it is Oktoberfest time, that I'll be shifting to that. But I'm more of a sessionable IPA person right now. Yes, so. yeah, me too. I'm I'm always drawn towards the IPAs yeah. and uh, but not the high bitterness. So we're very specific. Uh, our 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 brewer is very specific in the in the hops that they use so that it is uh, unapproachable beer because that's the first thing everybody says i don't want something hoppy yeah. and then they try this they're like oh this is delicious yeah no it's that right level it, it adds flavor to it it adds a little bit of kick on top of this your basic ale here's a little bit of extra flavor and you're getting that right through the beer too so. and then our branding name for gates of ale gates mm-hmm. of hell yeah that's where we tie so our branding speaking of the names where, where do you as a team where do you come up with that you and your husband so it's sometimes it's my husband and the brewer. There's other times uh, when we have our weekly manager meetings, our brewer will come in at the end, tell us uh, what's coming out next and what style of beer. And then as a group, we brainstorm and spitball uh, different names till we find one that resonates with all of us. And it's like, that's the one. So like they made a beer last year. It was during uh, a hockey season and um, uh, Boston was in the playoffs. So they came up with the name Buck Faustin. Which sold really well, and we've got a diehard Bruins fan on on uh, our management team. That's, that's and unfortunate. He, I, it is, but he I, he got a kick out of the name. It <laughs> did very well, and um, this year because of COVID, we renamed it to um, uh, Suspended Season IPA. <laughs> suspended Season IPA. But yeah, so we have a lot of fun coming up with with different names. Some of them are directly related to our branding, and then others are just something fun to do that's awesome i uh, know lady you stay pretty consistent with the gentleman devil except for a can here and there from what i've seen what made you decide to stick with the gentleman devil and then just have the name on the bottom well i mean branding consistency is important for us and when we're looking at the market um and i i went to school for business marketing and so branding is very important obviously and a lot of the beers that we would see out there because everybody was just still beginning to figure their stuff out and so you couldn't tell one company's branding from one beer to the next it was kind of all over the place or didn't have a standard branding Mm -hmm. to it 
So um, again, working with our friend Grant, he came up with the design. So we've got the standard can that um, my husband creates all the labels for them, but the labels are designed for us um, uh, to put on the can. So we've got the consistency of the can and then we're able to order in bulk yeah. and then just put the label on. Anything that goes into the LCBO, like the Gates Avail, we have the design for the cans for a few of these. They haven't launched yet, but for the Thai PA, we kept everything the same except for the background imagery, which is the green and white and bright pink. Mm -hmm. um, so just consistency, keeping, and a lot of thought went into what are we saying, what is our message? When people look at a can, we want them to know that that can, that can, that can is all from Lewis Ciphers. Awesome. Yeah, my, my beer... My beer purchasing changes from week to week. One week I'll be like, oh, just double IPAs today. Oh, I want something that has a cool label. That, yeah. Beer could be bad, but label's awesome. So but this is it. You know, marketing sells. sells. So when you look in the craft aisle yeah. nowadays, there's so much act visual activity yeah, because it's, it's it an overload. It's an overload. Sometimes. It is an overload. And some companies do it much better than others. And I remember back in the day when some of these smaller independence i would i would be very honest with them i said listen the the big wave is coming so either you need to get on it and invest some money into this because they wouldn't have tap handles they yeah. wouldn't have glassware they didn't have coasters they didn't have anything it's like you are going to get swallowed alive from these companies <laughs> who have money yeah or bought out which is or, you know, yeah which buy, buying out is, is pretty consistent i i worked with a gentleman uh whose family job in mexico is to go and just buy the craft brewery before it even comes up and running and that's their job. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Legitimately in, in Guadalajara, I think we said Guadalajara, his cousin's job is to, oh, this craft beer is starting to get some some steam. Here's $150,000 disappear. Buy it cheap so, and then yeah. watch it grow. So, Smart. Yeah. Must be nice to have that kind of money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the brew is very unique. Uh, I love the gold ceiling, the church style, the, you know, Michael striking down the devil and then the degradation of, of the church. Where where'd you guys come up with that? Well, for, for just the imagery for up here, simply, um, it was, you know, we decided there was a few different angles we could go. It's like, do we do full moons, a whole sequence of full moons? Do we do something, again, that just ties into the Lucifer, Lewis Cipher mm -hmm. theme? And because it's Lewis Cipher and, you know, the, the God and the devil are of one. <laughs> um, and so it just made sense to get art pieces and photography that um, represented, that tied both yep. God and the devil together and just have it a little bit more, again, a slow burn. We didn't want to be so obvious in it all. And there's still a lot of people come in here and it's like, who is Lewis Cipher? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can you not get the name? You know, but they take a look around. So we wanted it to, we didn't want to be in your face, obvious marketing. We wanted it very thought filled. Well, even your chairs, I mean, your yes. classic, you know, classic style chairs, most of them. So it's like, I'm kind of comfortable. I can put my elbows on this and I have a meal. And then just the Instagram worthiness of, of the upstairs part is, is fantastic. Too, we do so. a lot of parties on the second floor. Um, it's free to rent out, so we don't charge for it. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of events up here. Um, hopefully they'll start coming back in again. Yep. But yeah, the chair design, everything, like everything had its specific purpose. So we've got a lot of Victorian feel, but then we have a lot of industrial feel and Everything's in barn boards. So we wanted to have a few different elements that would complement each other in here. Same with the red, yeah. you know, the, it's all, it was all there, very thoughtful uh, with the designers and working closely with uh, Craig and I. It's very meticulous, very, very forward thought of this is what our brand needs to be, which is great. 
and just drawing people. Well, you, the name alone to me is draw. And then, like I said, busy walkway all the time. And roughly how far are you from a couple of the stadiums too? Like our walking distance more or less? No, or no? We're, we're a little too far to okay. walk, but we do get, we still get a lot of business from the neighborhood that comes here because the subway station's right across the street. So people will subway down to, to concerts. We also have the Danforth Music Hall mm -hmm. up the street there. So we get a lot because clients will look online going pubs yeah. on the Danforth and they inevitably find us. <laughs> and uh, so we do get a lot of out of town traffic coming in because of the Danforth Music Hall, which again, hopefully that will open up again. Awesome. Uh, now I saw out front you do movie nights when I guess it's a little safer. Is that? Yes. Well, we're, we just launched that last week. So mid October. So every Sunday night we do a movie night up here and uh, it's a lot of families. We really gear it towards our families, even though we're a brew pub, mm -hmm. we're a place that both um, the parents can enjoy coming here and the kids have a blast here. So we do movie nights on Sunday night. We make popcorn for free for everybody. They have, they buy dinner, they have their drinks. We turn off the lights, start the movie. And, uh, and the family business is a huge part of our business. On a Friday night at five o'clock, for an hour and a half, it's nothing but families in here. We do a treasure chest for the kids. They've got to follow some rules, but <laughs> it keeps everybody happy. Yes. And you know, when people ask me, they're, when they say, what are you most proud of in being uh, uh, an owner? And my response is when I have parents coming in for date night or a celebratory time without the kids, yeah. that they still choose to come here, even though they're here every week with their family, that's the biggest honor for me that says, okay, we're doing it right, or we're doing right by our families anyway. So movies is just another extension of that because on Sunday nights, there's nothing going on up here. We may as well throw in a movie, whether yeah. there's five tables or 10 tables. But you don't want to compete with the sports bars, obviously, because they're probably playing football or hockey or whatever else. It depends. Know. Playoffs take precedence. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Uh, that's, it's, it, it'll yeah, say but, on there. If there's playoffs, it, playoffs take precedence because we're yeah. packed in here. So, you know, we weren't going for the drive of uh, a sports bar, but kind of the neighborhood had demanded um, that. They wanted TVs because there's only one other place on the street to yeah. downtown that has big screen TVs, so or a place this size. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our clientele is a bit different from the clientele of this other place. So we kind of had to pivot a little bit, getting more TVs so that we could cater to the sports crowd because it was very busy during playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, playoffs, uh, when Team Canada is playing in, in, you know, the Olympics, things like that. Um, Sochi Olympics, just we were talking about it previously, it's like the bars downtown Montreal at, we're open at 6.30 a.m. Come watch Canada win gold. So it's like, okay, so I'll yeah. start. I'll gladly drink a beer in honor of Canada starting that early. Yes. So. Yeah, well, now the AGCO lets us serve earlier now, yes. too, because it didn't yeah. make a lot of sense to start open at those hours for coffee and mm -hmm. not much else. So, yeah, sports has been a, a big cornerstone of our business, too. It's unfortunate that we're out, but we would had a good run. I'm very proud <laughs> of our boys, so next year. Well, you have the, uh, the Toronto FC still playing, so you got that. Whereas, we don't, we don't, we, we, uh, the East and our collaboration of a, a bunch of other breweries, we were doing, um, uh, the, the soccer down, it was a whole bunch of us breweries doing the, the beer tents down there, um, for the last couple of years, but we don't get a big turnout for watching it here. Yeah. I, it's soccer. It's, it's North America. It's, yeah. It's we're not quite different. there yeah. yet. I, I'm world cup. I'm assuming you guys are pretty busy with, busy especially if Greece is in, it's like busy yep. for that. hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. As you mentioned, collaborations. What are some collabs you've done uh, for the beers, either with coffee makers, bread bagel places that, oh, just reuse our bread, make a bread beer and stuff like that? 
Well, we had a collaboration for a couple of years with actually Dark Horse Coffee Shop. So we had um, uh, an ale that we did with them. So they would literally, one at a time, make their little pods of, uh, of coffee. I mean, we call it a tea when you put it in, yeah. but their coffee. And had a fabulous beer with them that we did for a couple of years. The cost of it uh, stopped making sense at a certain point because the coffee that they would bring in is so expensive. And mm. we would use so much of it that it just... It didn't, uh, it, it was a fantastic beer, but what we'd have to charge for it just stopped making sense at a certain point. Um, you know, we've collaborated, we, we used to run competitions every year for best recipe. And uh, whoever had the best recipe that they, that they submitted, they would come in and uh, brew with uh, our brewmaster. And then they would come back a couple weeks later and they would uh, have a dinner for four, so that was part of what they would win. They got to brew with a friend, with our brewmaster, and then have a full dinner for four um, to enjoy their beer. Very cool. I yeah. like that. So uh, I guess you have like a test batch system, more or less, for that? A pilot, yeah. Okay, we've, yeah. we've got a whole bunch of pilots, which we yeah. are always yeah. up and running to test new batches, to try different things um, before we go on to the the grand scale yeah. um, and it's worked out for us it's done very well it keeps you know we have a lot of taps so it keeps uh, it keeps the taps full and and it also keeps our team engaged uh, we've got Noel one of our managers he um, made a summer uh, raspberry uh, lemonade gale gay ale for pride <laughs> so he does that every year with our brewer and that does very well and uh, yeah the staff are always welcome to come in or suggest something so the staff are very involved in in some of the beers and uh, you know we've had uh, Cameron's come in we've had some different brewmasters from other places come in uh, as well and brew with us awesome any uh, any dream collabs that you'd like to once it's kind of safe to travel or, or anywhere else, breweries that you are really on that list of, I'd love to be able to brew with these people. You know what? That is a better question for my brewer. Um, for myself, um, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's tough pickings to say who, because there's so many fantastic companies out there mm -hmm. uh, to work with. Um, and right, you know, right now we're so busy just trying to, keep up with what's happening right now that I don't, I don't know when a time would come that we could collaborate again but again I've moved more towards the operational side of things so I think uh, our brewmaster and my husband those relate the, they would be the right ones to answer that question okay we'll get them another time maybe we can swing back around uh, one year later update yeah exactly who have you collaborated with yes so, yeah that's awesome uh, so what's this third beer I'm going to be trying okay the third beer is the Tapachi. And that is um, part of our sour series. So our uh, brewmaster is always doing a sours beer. So he called it Tapachi because Tapachi, it's good on the nose too. Yeah, it went right on my Literally. <laughs> and so this was inspired for him of a Spanish cocktail called Tapachi. And it's naturally fermented uh, with pineapple and lime kettle. It's a lime kettle sour. I'm getting almost like an apple pie taste on the first Yep. Like a cinnamon apple pie. Yeah. So in post, he does a cinnamon, uh, a cinnamon tea. Wow, this is wild. There's a lot this going on. This is a on. sour. Mm -hmm. This is not a sour. This, there's a lot going <laughs> on in that beer. Ooh. Wow, it's all sorts of. My palate doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So. The sour uh, wow. series that he does is actually really amazing. I have never been a fan of sour beers, Ooh. and some of the sours that he comes out with, I was like, 
This is not a sour. I mean, it's a sours, but it's, I will drink it. It doesn't taste like a sour in any way. It doesn't, it tastes like I'm drinking a cinnamon apple pie. Yeah, it's delicious. You know, for the first few years that we opened up, I would not let them do any sours. I said, listen, the market is just learning about beer. Let's keep all of our taps focused on on approachable beers and, and teach them. And as the market evolves with craft beer and the customers evolve in their knowledge of it, then we'll break into the sours. And it's been a great series for us. People come in and specifically what sours you have. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the opportunities of having the breadth of different kinds of beer and having them all move because people want them. People understand craft beer now. And, and it was only like five years and now it's mainstream. So somebody comes along, tries your delicious 11 beers on tap, on tasters, on pints, however they come about. Any, uh, and you mentioned you kind of have a collab with everybody in the East End. Who are some friends you suggest they go try after? Oh, gosh, all of them. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously left field for us. We have the utmost respect for Mark and the team there. There's such a great brewery and uh, really smart in how they've done business. And they were one of the first in the East End. So uh, mad respect for them. Um, obviously, Godspeed, um, Eastbound. Uh, there's There's... Radical Road, um, mm-hmm. much props to them too. And I mean, they don't have a big system, but that's the little engine that really could, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there's so many, the East End I think is strong competition against the West End. You know, the West End and East End of Toronto has always been a little bit of com- competitiveness there, but uh, we have some incredible brewers in the East End and with incredible ideas and marketing and solid, solid beer that, you know, we tip our hats to them uh, all the time. They make great stuff. I, I love the concept of left field brewing, how it's like pretty much all baseball related. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's the sports guy in me is, oh, sweet baseball. Oh, it's named this. Oh, cool. It's named this. Oh, it's named the no hitter. So. Yeah. Or their most yeah. recent one, cold beer, yeah. ice cold beer. <laughs> I was like, oh, so clever, yeah. so clever. Um, we have uh, our third ever interview to Luke's. They, they just made a beer called Yeah. And like, this is our version of a macro. That's yeah. it. So it's sim- simple, but it works. Beer. So, <laughs> uh, sometimes simple is doesn't work for everybody. But for me, sometimes I just want to sit down and drink the beer called Pina Colada Sour. Or this. Or That's whatever. right. So, That's right. That's and then right. sometimes I want to have the Gates of Hell or, you know, the Tiki Sour. So. Yep. Exactly. And some of our branding is just, this is the beer. Yeah. This is what it is. That's great. Awesome. Uh, so I like to say, because we are in COVID times and I personally won't be getting on a plane anytime soon. So it's a little safer when it's safe to travel in a plane again, a beer vacation that you, you need to go on. A beer-cation. Beer-cation, yes. Well, I would go back to a beer-cation that I've already done once. That would be Weistefaner in Freising, Germany. We had the honor years ago of being invited to uh, visit the brewery and have a whole weekend with them and go to Oktoberfest. And what an amazing weekend, but the, the heritage and the culture behind that brewery is, you know, it's the oldest brewery in the world. And, and we got to go through all of the, the uh, facilities and it was just an incredible walkthrough for somebody who's been in the beer industry for 27 years it was an incredible experience to have and belgium i'd love to do belgium and uh visit some of the lambic 
uh, processes and, and just the, the, the Belgian beer is, you know, incredible. And that's sort of where my cornerstone of my wheelhouse mm -hmm. began was really Belgian beer. Yeah, I'm adamant about drinking with monks because we pretty much have the same hairstyle. <laughs> uh, and I have no problem wearing robes if I have to. Fair, so fair. Let's, uh, let's drink some lambics where the yeast is literally falling off the wood into your open That's fermenters. Right. So. I think the process is magical. And I think, you know, both of those countries, the, the origins of beer making is, for me, it's magical. Mm -hmm. And it really drove my passion for understanding and, and appreciating beer craft beer and international beer you mentioned like germany's oldest brewery too i was reading a book about oh this brewery was 300 years old and then world war ii happened and it got destroyed and, oh this happened and then this brewery got destroyed i'm sad because these places might still exist if it weren't for it's true and going against men so. it's true but when you go to into if you've ever been to germany especially munich that the cultural heritage and the people is is it's just such an amazing country regardless of all the war torn everything the architectural influences it's just in it's we were in awe of everything about it yeah and as a, as a show we're hoping to get out there at some point oh and the beer halls and you're in underground just, bunkers yeah. drinking beer at picnic table like that sounds awesome what it's <laughs> it's just surreal the most it's the most palpable beer experience you could have breathing living eating seeing that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, like I said, I'm confident that we'll all be traveling again. Uh, but first and foremost, support support local, support Canada. 100%. Uh, and then go spend your money elsewhere. So. That's right. Yeah, support yeah. local. Everybody's been, again, everybody's been great in craft beer. Everybody's on the bandwagon. And it's been a fantastic opportunity for us and uh, so many of our friends to get into the beer industry and do what we love to do. Mm -hmm. Kind of after COVID, let's say, what do you feel is next for the Lewis Cipher brand? Uh, after COVID, well, we're in development of a few more of our branding uh, can designs to get the Gates of Ale into the LCBO, mm -hmm. uh, the Whitcraft into the LCBO. Um, so certainly driving force to do that more is, uh, is our number one focus to grow that, to grow the, our portfolio in yep. the LCBO. And hopefully the LCBO is going to branch out and allow us to, to maybe... I think we're at a, a crux where it's going to be time for the AGCO to open up craft beer stores that the rest of us can can compete in a fair market because yeah. it's the competition is so fierce and and the beer store is so costly and you know we need we need help we need help from the AGCO to open that up and I think that there's a demand for it. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, my friends and I. Uh, literally from Montreal to Hawkesbury is a hop's given a jump. It's an hour. Yeah. And there's one of the biggest LCBOs in Ontario is there. So I'm like, oh, I can either buy all these beer and then on the way home stop at the local beer store and then buy all the Quebec beers too. But it, it is pretty restrictive. Uh, I know Ottawa, there's a distribution center at one of the LCBOs in Ottawa. So their beer, their craft beer selection is phenomenal. Uh, do you find the, the demand for the LCBO is, is kind of beyond some people's range, do you think? Or? Uh, as far as pricing? Uh, pricing demand of, oh, we need a, a thousand cases now. Oh, well, I think on a couple of folds. I think that the, the LCBO doesn't have enough space to carry everybody. And there's so yeah. many fantastic beers that need to have the opportunity to be out there. And I believe in fair and broad competition for sure. 
Um, so I think there's an opportunity for the LCBO to make more money yeah. as well as yeah. all of us make more money uh, in doing this. And I think that it is tough for these companies that especially there's so many craft breweries opening up and they don't have a chance to get in the LCBO. Mm -hmm. So where are they going to sell? Yeah. Where are they? How are they going to get to market when they're in the, in Georgetown? Yeah. You know, so it's it's really going to you know separate the men from the boys, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to that. Because unless you've got some deep pockets that can carry you through, this is a very tough business with very small margins, and you know one skew cannot can you not quit your day job? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of work for very little return on it. So the, the growth opportunity is very important to be able to do. If uh, the opportunity was there for you to slap a French sticker on there and get your beers out to Quebec, do you think that'd be an option? We are happy to sell to <laughs> Quebec. Absolutely. Ottawa actually is a huge market for us. Mm -hmm. We sell a lot of Thai PA in Ottawa. We don't know what's going on with that market, but we're happy to, to serve it. And yeah, we're just not in a position yet where we can meet the demand um, to go across Canada. Mm -hmm. there's We have the opportunity with our logistics channels to be able to do it, but it's also with the brewing because we're just keeping up with the two restaurants right now. Uh, so we spoke with Irshad. He's from Craft Tap Incorporated, um, and he's trying to become the Amazon of craft beer. Uh, and he, I don't know how he sets it up, but I was able to get beers from your friend's Radical Road shipped to me in at my house yes uh, would that be kind of would you talk to them maybe about yeah i would i would totally and... be open to that again distribution because i am the gm as well as the owner here my husband is the brewery manager as yeah. well as the owner here yeah. so we're we're wearing so many hats that just doing the distribution channels that we're doing currently is like a lot yeah. so to have the assistance without part of our challenge is we didn't want to have to charge so much for customers to enjoy our products. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, let's not make that move until we've got good channels that are affordable for the consumer. So yeah, I'd be totally open to it, but I'd have to investigate yeah. it more, yeah. you know, cause if it's like how the skip the dishes and all door dashes oh. and take 30%, it's like, we don't even make 30%. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know they do it with Radical Road where it was uh, a mixed 12 pack where it was three of each kind of their main beers. And then I get a notice in my mailbox saying, hey, come pick this up at Canada Post. Amazing. And I'm like, beer. <laughs> so. Yeah. COVID forced us all yeah. to pivot in different directions. And luckily, the AGCO was um, open to these changes to allow companies to like get beer through mm -hmm. the post office or get beer through Uber Eats. Yeah. And what an opportunity for all of us. It's a lot more costly and time consuming. Again, it's just my husband and I trying to do yes. everything. So we just stuck to super local market because it's like I can't pack up beer all day long mm -hmm. to run to the post office. Yeah. So I know a lot of companies would took advantage of that, but that was their only option yeah. for us. We were the front door was and local delivery was more than enough for us to be able to handle. But it's keeping you busy. It's keeping you surviving. And that's the most important part is. Uh, personally, in my perspective, I need you all to survive. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, the more of you survive, the happier my palate is in the end. Uh, as long as my friends' palates too. We all, we all love craft beer. I got my seventy-five-year-old father into craft beer a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. You know, he was Levat fifty to the core, and yep. I'm like, here, try this, try this, try this. And now he's he's like, oh, pick me up fifty, uh, pick me up like a twelve-pack of IPAs and whatever. 
Amazing. So, you jumped to the IPAs. Yeah. No, it's awesome how mainstream it's become. The demand of other restaurants or licensees um, wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gone are the days where it's the, the one tap of Molson's yeah. for 10 years. Or you want Guinness and you have to carry all of our beers. You know, my other place is called Stout Irish Pub. Yeah. We never had Guinness on. And there was pushback on there. And I said, I don't want to work with Diageo. You yes. know, at that time, the company was not well run. And I was I was not going to be at the mercy of being mm-hmm. told what I can and cannot carry because I want to support local stouts. I, you know, it might not be nitro, but it's, it's a stout. And we make some really great barley days. Had a fantastic stout, rest in peace, uh, that company. But they... <laughs> They had some wind and sail was one of my favorite beers yeah. of all time. Like, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners who just got in craft beer, they wouldn't have even heard of Barley Days. Yeah. You know, that was a long yeah, time I, ago. I've heard the name, but I've never, I never been. Um, even, I mean, my my personal craft beer journey has only really been exploding the last like ten years. But whenever I'm in Toronto, came well, I have family in Cambridge, so it's like Cambridge, Kitchener, Guelph, Toronto. Uh, we're hop skipping and jump from Ottawa and that stuff. So it's like, oh, let's go experience Ontario. But we also have great beer at home. So yeah, That's well, just... everybody's doing a fantastic job in this. Um, the the only challenge is, is being sustainable, and uh, hopefully, again, the AGCO allows us to open up boutique uh, places that all of us can be a part of and really grow because the demand is there, and the LCBOs aren't big enough to hold us all. And there's an opportunity there for all of us, and they can make more money. We all, everybody yeah. can make more money and stay competitive and stay in business. You need the beer store, not the beer store, or something like that. That's right. It's just not, it's, and that's, it's, that's a perfect name. You talk about simple, clever names. Not the beer store. Done, sold, so good. And then you'll deal with a lawsuit, but that's okay, so. so um, totally patent good. pending, trademark uh, available, registered. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, so I have no other questions for you today. Uh, the beers are fantastic. I really Thank appreciate you. you having us today, uh, having your time. Uh, for those listeners and viewers who are coming into Toronto, let the people know where they can find you. Oh, you can find us on our website, lewiscipherbrewworks.com. You can go visit us on uh, Twitter Sphere and uh, Instagram on uh, TO. And where else? Um, where can people physically find you? 417 Danforth. Uh, we're in the heart of Greek Town. We're just at Chester Station. There's Green Pea Parking right across the street. Our retail store is open from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day of the week. You can come in and have brunch, dinner. If you're not a beer drinker, I have a fabulous selection of 16 wines by the glass, um, as well as our ciders. We have a whole cocktail menu around slushy ciders because we make our cider as into a slushy. Um, so we have something for everybody. So the beer lover, lover in you, bring the family out because they can try anything. They don't just have to be beer, and we do flights. So there's, there's something for everybody to be able to um, try a little bit of everything of who we are and come experience Lewis Cipher. Awesome. So you're here, here and you're going to hear it from us, and it's all available in the show notes of everything that was just mentioned. As for us, you can find us allbeerinside.com is the website at allbeerinside on all the social media. And that's the end of every episode. Drink craft, not crap. <laughs>